0: Hiya, welcome to another episode of Dark and Spooky, a horror podcast, with me, your host, the girl next door. So today's episode, we're going to be going back to stories. So I hope you're all sitting comfortable. You've got a drink of choice. Let's jump right in. (laughs) It's a day full of potential and hope before all the dreary depressions of reality show up to ruin all the fun. I like the first day of school for a different reason though. You see, I have a sort of power when I look at people I can sort of sense an aura around them. A coloured outline based on how long that person has to live. Most everyone I meet around my age is surrounded by a solid green hue, which means that they have plenty of time left. A fair amount of them have a yellow Oranges tinge to their auras, which tends to mean a car crash or some other tragedy. Anything that takes people before their time, as they say. The real fun is when auras venture into the red end of the spectrum, though. Every now and again, I'll see someone who's basically a walking stoplight. Those are the ones who get murdered or kill themselves. It's such a rush to see them and know their time is numbered. With that in mind, I always get to class very early, so I can scout out my classmates' faces. The first kid who walked in was basically radiating red. I chuckled to myself, too damn bad bro. But as people kept walking in, they all had the same intense glow. I finally caught a glimpse of my rose-tinted reflection in the window, but I was too stunned to move. Our professor stepped in and locked the door, his aura a sickening shade of green. (laughs) Let's <laughs> daughter's hand and slipping on her ring. He walked up to the altar and I took hold of her hand, grinning from ear to ear. It was the happiest day of my life. My bride's father got down on his knees and started to beg. Please, I did what you asked. Just please give me my daughter back. I glared at him. Shut up and stop ruining the moment. If you sit back down and enjoy the ceremony, maybe I'll tell you where I've hidden the rest of her body. about 17 I got home from school and wasn't feeling well so I spent the rest of the day just lying on the couch but around 8 p.m. I was feeling even worse and decided I should just try to get to sleep so I go to my room and get in bed and pass out very quickly. I don't know how long I was asleep but I suddenly woke up in my pitch black bedroom and all I could think was I'm going to die right now my body was so weak the room was spinning and my body felt like it was on fire I look over to the edge of my bed and sitting on the edge is my grandmother who died just a few months ago. She pats my arm and says it's going to be okay just call for your dad try it call for your dad so I start calling for him and it felt like an eternity but he finally bursts through my door and asks what's wrong. I look over and my grandmother is gone. He takes me to the ER where I have a fever of 106 I had to get a ton of fluids and a shot in my hip, but I eventually felt okay-ish. Her being there felt so real, it was so weird. I know logistically she wasn't, but it felt so real. That sort of messed with me a little. I loved her daily and her death was very sudden. We kept her ashes in a nice urn in the house under a painting she had done herself. When I got home and passed by, I said thanks to her, I know it was a fever melting my brain and maybe some sleep paralysis, but it still made me question the afterlife and those sorts of things. <laughs> take different routes to and from work just in case. One night I was driving to work and I saw what the stereotypical death. Black hood, no face, scythe. It was just standing in a field leaning on the scythe and watched me go by. I freaked. Once I got to work I called my best friend and told him. That way if I died someone would know. The work went fine that night. I forgot about it after a few nights a week or so later it was the same route on rotation but i was returning home i was involved in a head-on collision that temporarily killed me i woke up a week later with extra parts and a lot of damage my best friend asked me what route i'd taken home and i lost it because it was a route i'd seen death on before I was reading on my laptop in my bedroom and suddenly I hear my best friend calling my name and it sounded like she was talking through the phone. I look around for my phone thinking she had called and somehow one of my siblings has answered and has hid the phone somewhere to prank me. There was no phone around, no siblings and meanwhile my bestie is still talking. Answer me, why aren't you talking to me? And then it went silent. I got really nervous and started crying asking my siblings if they had done something to do with this or if I was going crazy and hearing voices they all tried to console me. Later I found my phone downstairs the next day I told my friends about it and the bestie she says that she did in fact call me last night and I did answer and she kept calling my name for a couple of minutes thinking I was playing with her until she eventually hung up. To this day I don't understand how the phone just answered the call on its own and how I was able to hear my friend from upstairs. And me and Daddy always go get ice cream in the car after dinner. I have to sit in the back seat until I'm a big boy. I go in the kitchen to see what Daddy is cooking for dinner after my Barney movie is over. But he's not there this time. I saw a note on the counter that said Mummy and Uncle James were going somewhere together. I'm not sure I don't read that card. I go find Daddy in the garage. I shut the door behind me like I'm supposed to. Daddy is in the car and he already has the car turned on. We must not be eating dinner tonight. Only ice cream. I get in the back seat behind Daddy since I'm not a big boy yet. Daddy doesn't say anything when I say hello to him. Maybe he can't hear me over the loud car. I think I'll take a nap on the way to ice cream. I feel kind of sleepy. was two I found her twirling paper towel tubes tied with twine in the air. I asked her what she was doing. She said she was practicing her nunchucks. I was very confused and she had no way of knowing what they were. I asked her what she meant and she had said that Adam had told her how to make them and showed her each night how to use them. She went on to say that Adam told her to practice because she may need to know how to defend herself someday. I almost freaked out but asked her what Adam looked like. She said he was tall, blonde and had blue eyes. She said, Mummy, you know how he looks. You know him. He died of a headache. I had to leave the room. You see, four months before she was born, my tall, blonde, blue-eyed martial arts pro friend had died of a brain aneurysm at the age of 27. She has not spoken of him since that day, so I'm not sure if I scared her with my reaction or if she had completed her lessons. It was 1am and Guy Halverson sat in his dark living room. He hadn't moved for over an hour. The accident earlier that evening kept playing over and over in his mind. The light turned red but he was in a hurry and had accelerated. An orange blur came from his right and in a split second there was a violent jolt. Then the cyclist rolled across his hood and fell out of sight on the pavement. Horns blared angrily and he panicked, stepped on the gas and screeched away from the chaos into the darkness shaken and keeping an eye on his rearview mirror until he got home. Why did you run, you idiot? He'd never committed a crime before this and punished himself by imagining years in jail, his career gone, his family gone, his future gone. Why not just go to the police right now? You can afford a lawyer. Then someone tapped on the front door and his world suddenly crumbled away beneath him. They found me. There was nothing he could do but answer it. Running would only make matters worse. His body trembling, he got up and went to the door and opened it. A police officer stood under the porch light. Mr. Halverson? asked the grim officer. He let out a defeated sigh. Yes, let me. I am terribly sorry, but I'm afraid I have some bad news. Your son's bike was struck by a hit and run driver. Was afraid of the dark and got a dog to keep her company. She slept peacefully, knowing the dog was under her bed. If she was afraid, she only had to reach out her hand, and her dog would start licking it until she fell asleep. Years went by like this, and Sarah grew up, and the dog became old. One night on the radio, she heard that a dangerous murderer was thought to be in the vicinity of her area. With her dog at her side, Sarah was not afraid. She got into bed, stretched out her hand, and the dog began to lick her. She slept soundly, and when she woke up, she was surprised that the dog was still licking. Looking under the bed, she screamed. The dog lay dead, and the tongue that was so tirelessly licking her belonged to a man. (laughs) teenage girl was asked to babysit for a family that lived in a huge luxurious house. It was her first evening on the job and after she put the children to bed upstairs she sat down in front of the TV. But no sooner had she settled the phone rang. The caller was a man gasping and laughing. He asked, Have you been up to check the children? The babysitter hung up convinced that it was her friends playing a joke on her. But the man called again and again he asked, Have you been up to check the children? Again she hung up, now frightened, but the man called a third time. This time he said, I've taken care of the kids, now I'm coming for you. By now the babysitter was truly terrified. She called the police and reported the calls. The police told her to try to distract the man the next time he phoned to give them time to trace the call. As expected, the man called back. The babysitter begged him to leave her alone, keeping him on the line for longer. Eventually he hung up. Immediately, the phone rang again. This time it was the police. Leave the house, fast! The calls are coming from upstairs. That's it for today's episode, so I do hope you like those stories. If you do have any of your own, you can email them in at darkandspooky13 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on social media, where I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and they are dark underscore and underscore spooky 666. So you can follow them and leave me a DM or anything like that over there and just get involved with the pages as much as you can. One last thing just to help me out as well and the pod will be to just leave a like rating and a review for the podcasts and then also on the pages as well it will really help me out and get more people listening in so until next time stay spooky